This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. This one is really, I got one for you, Scotty. I want to hear ready one. for this? Give me a good one. Man climbs under moving big rig filled with wine, begins drinking from tank. <laughs> oh, that's so bananas. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bananas. Uh, I'm Kurt Brownoller. And I'm Scotty Landis. Thank you for joining us on the silliest little podcast there ever was. I'm so excited about our guest today. Uh, if you listened to last week's episode, you might remember a little article we read about a world-famous astronomer who was completely ripped off by the American Doll Company. And in any, It's a crazy, crazy story. Like They really just, they just made a doll that was... Of this astronomer uh, without consulting with them whatsoever. But we're very excited to have that world famous astronomer on the show today. Please welcome the wonderful, the fantastic Lucianne Walkowicz. Hey. Oh. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Now, full disclosure, Lucianne and I went to college together. Um, and also, you played in punk bands that played in my basement. Yes, I did. And so did you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. But the different bands. <laughs> yeah. I th- I'm trying to remember the band you, you guys were in. Was it uh, Bunny Hand Grenade? It was. We, we actually, <laughs> God, that's in our, our short, short life, uh, we had two names. We were Bunny Hand Grenade for a while. And then all of our equipment broke. So uh, we got we sort of renamed ourselves the the Jinxed, but I oh, right. you know, yeah I remain true to to Bunny Hand Grenade. Like at the time, I was psyched about the Jinxed, but um, Bunny Hand Grenade's a great name. It's a great name. <laughs> it's, it's a great name. I uh, I still remember. I still have a flyer uh, from one of the shows where you played in our basement, and our basement was covered in. Um, a bunch of asbestos, uh, asbestos laden pipes, and so it was all over the ground. And we would have hundreds of like nineteen year old kids, like just going crazy down there. Oh my and god! And then, do you remember? I would just like blow my nose, and then just like black snot would come out, and it, I think it was all asbestos. I'm really <laughs> very worried about that uh, yeah. going into the future. I, I don't know what uh, what like science the combination of like 19 year old sweat and mm-hmm. asbestos does, but mm-hmm. it's probably doesn't make asbestos better. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so are you, so you're uh, so would you call yourself an astronomer or an astrophysicist? I introduced you as an astronomer. Is that correct? Um, so my title is technically astronomer, but they're, they're actually both apply. Nice. Um, so 
Yeah. I mean, they basically like if you're if you're on a plane and mm-hmm. you like do the thing that I do and like somebody sits down next to you and starts like chat. If you don't want to talk to them anymore, you say astrophysicist <laughs> because it sounds like like scary and like you might math on them or something yes. and over the course of the flight. Um, America hates. But if you want to. Ke- yes. <laughs> But the, you know what America does like is astrology. So if you say astronomer, <laughs> then people think you're an astrologer and you're, you're in. You're just you're in. <laughs> I never even thought that just it would just be mistaken as a horoscope. So can you do my horoscope? Oh, it's more about the it's more about celestial bodies in real life. Yeah, you. Uh, my soul has been like chipped away to shreds by the number of people that have been disappointed when I clarified. Oh, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Honestly, I'm, I'm the kind of person that if I had the capability to be an astronomer, I would just study astrology too because I know it would come up so much. I'm gonna be like, yeah, I know that too. I got it. I got that locked. You're Virgo yeah. rising. I understand what that is. You know, the funny thing is that I actually used to be able to do astrological charts and stuff because that's a big thing in my family. Oh, So cool. I am an astronomer that knows some things about astrology and also tarot <laughs> readings and crystals and shit. <laughs> oh, it's the and, worst. And, and do, the, do the planets have an effect on our personalities? You can give us the answer right now. Good call. Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) Surprise. Surprise. Are you guys ready for this first story? Yeah, get me into the wine truck, baby. This is, I, it might be, now the, the, the title, I don't think the title is as catchy as I love my titles to be for bananas, but the story itself is truly beautiful and amazing. Uh, this happened in Modesto, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Modesto CHP arrested Gabriel Moreno after he allegedly jumped on a moving tanker truck carrying bulk red wine, oh, yeah. climbed under its belly, unscrewed a valve, <laughs> and drank the wine as the truck traveled up Highway 99. And, and it's the best part about it is that it's all on video. We will post this. I don't know if we can post video on the Instagram. Uh, it gets a little tricky, but we'll we'll definitely show a photo of this. It's a, what happens is because it's all vi- recorded because the truck has dash cams and has side oh, cams for insurance better. purposes. So this guy gets in front. He he's driving a car. He gets in front of the tanker. Start, uh, and like puts on his hazards and then starts slowing down and telling the guy to pull over. And so the the tanker pulls over thinking there's like must be a fire or some mechanical problem with his rig and then immediately the door opens gabrielle gets out only wearing underwear of course and (laughs) that's how i drive everywhere i go (laughs) you know whenever among us is not only wearing underwear during this time (laughs) absolutely <laughs> and that's the best part where the where the truck driver was just like, uh-uh, nope, and just starts pulling away. Sure. And then you watch cuz it looks like Gabriel popped the trunk. So he was going to get something out of his truck. I don't know what it was, but he doesn't have time cuz the truck starts to take off. And then you watch him start running and he jumps. He like does a pretty impressive jump in his underwear, grabs yeah. onto the side of the truck and is just hanging on. And then you just watch him kind of like like spider crawl down and underneath Ugh. and then i don't even know how if i would know how to do this unscrews the actual like giant 
you know, cap on the bottom. First off, who knew that w- wine is just in a tanker? Like the same way that they, <laughs> yeah. they transport gasoline and crude oil. They just put bulk wine in there. That's amazing, first and foremost. And then he just cranks it open, and it just starts, like, shooting down. And then when the cops found him, they said the quote is uh, he had positioned himself Imagine as if someone was doing a snow angel. Ugh. So he had himself like, like, you know, like arms out, legs out, positioned himself just with his head over. And this is like the, the guy lost over 1,000 gallons of red oh wine. Oh, my gosh. And that, it was like only in like 15, 20 minutes. So you can imagine how much wine is coming out. And this guy's just. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite stories ever. It's it's so bold. Like I, I, I confess I haven't seen the underside of like that many cars, but like <laughs> I've seen enough to know that there are a lot of valves down there. Yes, that could have been I'm, anything. I'm, it could have been anything. Imagine being the person who is so bold as to like jump under a truck. First of all, very amazing, and then just randomly drink whatever comes out of the the valve you unscrewed. Yes. <laughs> it, I wonder if that guy just was like if I, I hope, you know, in my head that this was just a dream of his from a very young age yes. that he always wanted to just drink from the bottom of a moving semi. And he was like, I'm doing it today. <laughs> Today's the day. Didn't, Today's the day. Kurt, didn't you tell me once that you had like a lifelong dream to have a pool that flushed into a hot tub? Yes, 100%. Do you want to know exactly what the dream is? Yeah, of course. There's a dream that I came up with <laughs> yeah. uh, when I was 12 years old, uh, is that it would be a pool, and then on the side of the deep end would be a door. And then it would, of course, be like kind of a cool irising door, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you would swim in, it would iris closed, and then you'd hit a button that would drain <laughs> the water out of that room, and then another door would iris open, and then you would just walk in, and the only thing that was in there is a hot tub. That's the part where I imagine a lot of cool stuff leading up to just a hot tub. Oh, I, for some reason I thought it was like it flushed you into a waiting hot tub downstairs, and then you and your friends were just sitting in a hot tub together, which is great. No, and maybe exists. both sound great. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like a Dubai thing. You feel like you would see like somebody goes indoor yes. skiing and then does that in Dubai, and then they look down yeah. at yes. you if you can't afford the hotel room that flushes you into a hot tub. Uh, what's the best? What's the best food heist anybody's ever pulled off? Oh boy, food heist. A wine heist. I once stole uh, twenty pounds of pork loin. Yeah, sure. It was 20 pounds of pork loin off of a truck just because I was drunk. It's a bad time for me. <laughs> um, it was my 20s. So when I was in high school, I worked in a bicycle shop called The Bike Doctor, and I was a mechanic and sold bikes and all that stuff. And my boss, who I was like 15 or 16, I guess it must have been 16. My boss was like this young dude, and he... They built a Fuddruckers in my town. In uh, well, they built it in Owings Mills, Maryland, and back then Fuddruckers was such a big deal. I love a Fuddruckers. Like, I still love a Fuddruckers. Me too. Um, and so they there was line out the door. Like families would go. Like it'd be like, hey, let's check out the Fuddruckers, and it would take a while. It's the so, best. It's <laughs> the best burger place that has a name that sounds like it might be a curse word, but it's that's not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So. 
So I so my boss goes next door to the grocery store and comes back with this big bottle of uh, salad dressing and he's like, Scotty, you're going to Fuddruckers. I was like, great. And he goes, and this is what I want you to do. So this was his plan for me that I ended up doing probably twice a month for two more years. I went into Fuddruckers and then he told me, stand in line with the line for like five minutes. So get closer and closer. And then at some point, peel off, peel off and go over to like the game area, like the, the ski ball and the, the video games and the driving games and hang out there and linger a little bit. And then he said, wait till somebody leaves and they've left their stuff and sit at that table. And then when the, like the teenage kid that comes around to like bus or ask you if you need anything else, which is also, by the way, a kid I probably went to high school with. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, he said, ask for a to-go box, a big one. I did. And then he said, go over to the fixin's bar and put in <laughs> every vegetable they have. Shredded lettuce, tomatoes, onions, pico de gallo, pickles. And, and I would make these like 10-pound salads. And then I would just leave. And he, I would take them back. And he already had the salad dressing. And he would send me for an hour to run this espionage trip to steal him Fixin's Bar salads. And I just got so used to doing it that like, eventually I would just buy a burger because I'm like, well, I'm going to be here. I might as well have lunch. But basically, I probably stole and Again, I was young. I was under 18. I don't know what the statute of limitations for Fixin' Bar theft is. But I probably stole... 20 salads from the <laughs> Fuddruckers there for my boss who would just demolish this expensive stolen heisted salad. That I love that boss who makes a teenager go steal him salads at a Fuddruckers uh, salad bar. It's the best. <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> you know, I kind of wish Gabriel had gotten underneath a mayo truck going across country and opened that oh, thing up gosh. and just gotten blasted. Uh, I want my I my my big question is what was in the trunk? Did he have like was his plan to just like pop it open and like fill up a tub or something of red wine and put it back in his trunk? Like that's the best part. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with slip and slide. Yeah, yeah. Like, the plan was to uncap the the valve, put a slip and slide under the truck, and then live his lifelong dream of a of a wine slip and slide. <laughs> oh God! But I Imagine give. how unpleasant wine at pressure is red wine at a, like thousands of pounds of pressure shooting out at your face yeah you don't it want that it can't be a, a fun drink gotta give me one. Oh, i got one for you this one you know we keep things positive on this podcast but every once in a while we just gotta face the music um this is from james crowley at newsweek headline reads even the insane clown posse isn't insane enough to gather this year oh I know. So sad. It's a sad day for the Juggalos and Juggalettes. The Insane Clown Posse finally announced that they're canceling their annual music festival, The Gathering of the Juggalos, due to coronavirus. This is the first time in the 20-year history that ICP has canceled the event, which featured... 20 20 years. 20 years. Wow. How? I know. The... uh, (laughs) I know, 20 years. And then, um, you know, normally all the performances from these psychopathic records artists, uh, there's wrestling, there's comedy, there's wet t-shirts for the kids, uh, contests for the kids. Um, So the gathering's off this year, guys. And it normally takes place August 5th, August 8th in Garrettsville, Ohio. Beautiful Garrettsville, Ohio. Um, But they just said it wasn't worth it because the outbreak... um, 
And I'll give them, here's the quote that they posted. Uh, For 20 consecutive years, the gathering of the Juggalos has been the biggest family reunion. I think it's like family reunion on the planet. Right. Generating untold levels of freshness for thousands and thousands of uh, attending Juggalos from all walks of life all around the world. Um, So, yeah, they're calling it off. But they best, and then, you know, they're thinking about their people. They're going to be back in 2021. And they say, quote, the bottom line is we refused to have even one juggalo life lost by hosting a gathering during these troubling times. So anybody, you know, I've never been. I don't know if you two have ever been in a gathering of juggalos. I would love to go. I would go. I've never been, but I've read enough articles from non-juggalos going to the gathering of the juggalo and being like, yeah, I'm going to come back next year. I'm going yeah. to do this again. This was great. <laughs> I've heard it's like a super positive experience. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It seems so crazy. And also, I would want to go just because I think uh, Juggalo culture is the one culture that I truly do not understand. But I do think that even though for how much it's made fun of and everything, that I think I would enjoy it if I understood it more. I mean, i do not not saying I would enjoy the Insane Clown Posse's music, because I know that I do not. Uh, but I think I would enjoy just the culture itself. Sure. It does seem like a lot of positivity mixed with weirdly rudeness. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and, and a little, I mean, how do magnets work is actually a really good question. <laughs> yeah, miracles. <laughs> miracles happen every day, guys. Don't ever... People are not sure. <laughs> yeah. Are people really not sure how magnets work? No, I mean, I. so people know how magnets work. Um, I, I actually, can I offer you a, a bananas news story? Please. Yes, 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 yes. Have yes. you guys already talked about the astrophysicist who got magnets stuck up his nose? Oh, no, but we've seen it. Yeah, we posted it on our Instagram, <laughs> but we have not talked about this man. Um, please tell us more about the magnet nose man. Yeah, no. Uh, so this was a, an astronomer or astrophysicist, if you're unfriendly, um, in Australia. <laughs> who, uh, <laughs> can't tell you anything about Mercury. Um, yeah, so uh, he tried to – there's a long history of, like, astronomers – meddling where they probably shouldn't um Mm -hmm. science-wise so he tried to create a like social distancing alarm system where (laughs) if you put your hand like too close to your face it would sound an alarm so it'd stop you from from uh (laughs) touching your face but um instead because he had somehow made it to being like a phd astronomer without ever having to go to like a circuits lab which i don't even know how you do that but um he made instead something that beeped whenever his hand was away from his face. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Always a cool thing to have. You want that constantly. Yeah. And in the process of doing this, had those like super strong magnets and um, put one like up his nose because the magnet was supposed to like close the circuit and make the sound happen. And instead, no. of course, the magnet was would make the sound not happen. So he had to be touching his face to not be uh, ringing the alarm. But then he got the magnet stuck up his nose and then nice. tried to use other magnets <gasps> to get it out. Nice. <laughs> Which then resulted in his nose being full of magnets. Oh. <laughs> and him having to go to the emergency room to get the magnets removed. <laughs> and what do uh. magnets smell like? Nobody's ever talking about that. I mean, what is the no. scent of a magnet? We just, this guy's the only person that currently knows. Yeah. Yeah, I um, love that idea of just following it up. Like once one magnet was stuck, the answer was more <laughs> magnets. Like that's beautiful. 
Well, and he tried a pair of pliers, but they got magnetized as well. Oh. So they were just pulling his entire nose, there it which is. was filled with madness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was imagining like when I heard that, my first thought was like, I have, you know, I have an alarm system in my house. And the way it works is just like. Um, like a magnet and where it's where it's essentially like one side is on the door and one side's on the door frame when they're close to each other that closes the 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 circuit and when it's opens that sounds the alarm so i, I have a feeling he just kind of like used that or it's just like i'm gonna yeah. shut this part up my nose and then when it comes close it'll send a sound an alarm yeah oh except God. imagine having an alarm in your house that was just constantly <laughs> ringing as long as your house was safe oh God. <laughs> yeah i think he went the wrong way on that one that's <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the photo of him, I saw the photo of him in the hospital and the look of like embarrassment and defeat on his face. He was just like, yeah, I deserve for this to go a little viral. It was so good. <laughs> and also like just that like, I love it. I love anyone who's trying to invent something because it is like we don't have any like we do have inventions. People are inventing stuff all the time. But in the 80s, I feel like or at least when you were a kid, you felt like inventing was a thing that happened and adults did it and it was amazing yes and then when you like grow older you're like it's really it's you don't see you i've never met an inventor i love people who invent things yeah and even though he invented something that just rings constantly (laughs) when you're not touching your face he still invented something Let's get to more. Well, let's get to more science news, shall we? Kurt, I do want to give one little. Just, I want to end that last Juggler's article just for the fans out there. Oh, yeah, it's real oh, quick yeah. and it's got some good names. But for those who are looking to fill the gap of the cancellation, I'm just trying to keep people happy here. ICP started a personalized video service called Custom Clown Clips, where fans can pers- purchase custom videos from Shaggy Too Dope and Violent J for a hundred bucks a piece, or you get them both for two fifty. Fans can also purchase custom clips from the other members of the ICP family, like Florida Joe or Moon Glorious or uh, Big Baby Sweets or Sugar Wolf. They'll also be available for <laughs> to purchase future clips. Wait, wait, wait. Big, wait, get, big give me Baby that big, Sweets big... and Sugar Wolf will also be. I okay. mean, these. Oh God, there's something. They're so good. There's something so authentically like you could get a team of comedy writers together and go make up names and they just wouldn't get this close to how good Florida Joe Moon Glorious, Big Baby Sweets and Sugar Wolf are. So anyway if you're a huge ICP fan, go get your clips. Kurt, I'm sorry to cut you off. I would love more science news. Well, before we get to more science news, I think we're even going to take a break real quick. Ooh. Oh yeah, here it is. If you're We're back. We're back. Are you guys ready for more science news? Give me some banana science Always. news. 
Well, this is like the big one. We posted this on the Bananas podcast. Uh, the fact that the Pentagon finally released the video footage showing multiple UFOs mm. where they're just like, this is, we don't know what these are. Nobody knows what these are. Because they had been reported on, I remember, in like 2000, I think it was 17 or 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had been leaked, but nobody knew if they were like legit. And the Pentagon just was like, all right, we're going to come out. These are totally legit. And you just watch these images like the 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 unidentified flying objects are doing some insane things at breakneck speed stopping and then turning and then taking off again i mean like this is i the fact that we didn't even when it came out then like we weren't even in a pandemic then and nobody (laughs) like cared about it it was like ufos are real aliens are here or something maybe time travelers or like something very weird is happening and no one really gave a shit. I was like, that was the thing that I thought mm-hmm. was the weirdest part about it. If only we had the perfect guest for this story. <laughs> a doctor, an accomplished astronomer. What's going on? I mean, I'm sure that you're asked about aliens all the time and it must be very boring for you, but like what I mean like what are you what what do you think about this? Yeah, uh well, so first of all, aliens are not boring for me. Um oh, okay. I, I love talking about aliens um, in part because like I work on um, SETI, S-E-T-I, the search for extraterrestrial mm-hmm. intelligence. And like, that's actually like legit part of my research. Um, oh, I'm a little nice. more. Uh, what's that? I said, nice. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> yeah. Me, well, me too. Um, <laughs> all that school just to work on aliens. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I think the UFO stuff is interesting. Um, I tend to believe that UFOs are usually like advanced spycraft because almost always like in the, in the history, like if you look at the history of UFOs, usually when something is up there and flying around real fast, it usually ends up being some country's spy planes. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. ours. Sometimes it's someone else's. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of like the more plausible explanation but i mean who knows like the the other side of it is that like um you know and this goes to like why like why don't people care (laughs) even like what in like 2017 when we were in pandemic land in the before times um yeah like i you know a third of americans like think that aliens like that ufos are definitely aliens and aliens are already here Mm -hmm. so like one out of every three people isn't going to care because they're like, Oh yeah, no, we don't. Of course. (laughs) Yes. Um, but then like a lot of people, you know, like maybe two thirds of people think that they're like recon craft and, um, only a very small, like a minority of people are actually like, don't think that they have anything to do with aliens coming from outer space. So I think it's just not that like surprising because people kind of take it as like a foregone conclusion. Me, like I don't, I don't necessarily know whether those are aliens or not. I think they're more likely to be recon uh-huh. craft, but you know, no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and do you, what is, what, what theory do you subscribe to as the reason uh, that we have not seen a, tr- seen any evidence of extraterrestrial life yet? Uh, Cause I know there's a lot of different theories on why, um, but I was wondering if there's one that you think is particularly holds more water than others. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's just really hard. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like part of, part of my job is literally trying to find aliens. Um, cool. and the long, 
<laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but like the longer I do it, like, obviously, like, I think they must exist somewhere where I would be wasting a lot of time. Um, but like the, the reason that I think it's not obvious whether like aliens exist, like at least to me is that it's really hard to do. Like space is very, very, very big. <laughs> Um, and so like the likelihood that, you know, you could travel across it is pretty tough. Um, you know, from like the SETI side where we're like either listening with radio dishes or looking with telescopes, you know, we haven't seen anything yet that mm-hmm. makes us think that, you know, people are, or, or, I say people, I mean, aliens, um, trying to signal us. Uh, so, you know, it, it may just be actually that like, you know, either not that many like civilizations out there mm-hmm. think space travel is super important. Cause like traveling over like the distances of space has to be like a huge priority. Sure. Yeah. Like if you're an alien or even us, right. It, like if we wanted to like travel outside of our solar system, like think about how much just like sending stuff to space costs within our solar system. Like we would mm. have to be really, really dedicated to that as like a global goal. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of part of the thing is that like, it's just a hard to travel across space. It's hard to send signals across space and like maybe somebody's figured it out, but that doesn't mean that like we exist at the same time as that, that somebody, There we go. and it doesn't mean right. that they're pointing those signals at us either. Mm-hmm. They're playing um, hard to get. I get it. I, it's story of my life. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also look at us. Like we are a mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why would they want to get in touch? We're not yeah. giving them too many good reasons. Do you now, was it think the- go ahead, if, do you think, yes, yeah, sorry. Sometimes to our listeners, there's a thing called zoom lag where we're, we're zooming with each other. We're stepping on each other's lines. It's because we're not in the same room together, but boy, do we like each other. Um, do you think if we found a living alien and they had a press conference, uh, that they would make it wear clothing? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't know. Uh, so I will say like, <laughs> so, so here's my, my answer is no. Okay. And here's, and I'll tie this into UFO lore. So like, aside from my personal opinion as a scientist, as to whether like aliens are visiting earth or not, I yes. am super interested in like the history mm-hmm. of like UFO beliefs in part, because like my dad was one of the people that worked on this for the air force in the cold war. Whoa. Um, Wait, where, where did he work? Uh, he worked at the Pentagon. Oh, <laughs> heard he worked, of it. Yeah. He, and you, he worked on UFO stuff. Yeah. Um, like, Whoa. so my dad was like 59 when I was born. So he was like uh, in his early 20s in like World War II and was in the Air Force and basically worked for the Air Force on vetting like these UFO sightings that were happening. Oh, um, wow. And so there's this long history of people like wondering what the heck is that thing? Um, and people have different opinions about that, but like the lore that has built up around UFOs is super interesting. And there is a, um, one of the conspiracy theories is that, uh, pop culture is trying to get, um, people ready for aliens. Cool. So that like the aliens you see on like, you know, movies and TV and everything, there's this idea that like, you know, in, in some world where like the government is actually capable of keeping a secret yeah, right. <laughs> and that like aliens are visiting that like all of those depictions of aliens are like getting us ready. Um, I don't think that's what's happening just to, to clarify, but I will say that if you've seen Watchmen, you've seen a lot of Dr. Manhattan's dick. Mm, yeah. so, <laughs> Not enough. Not enough. If you believe, if you believe that theory, then 
Dr. Manhattan is just our way of getting ready for the alien not being asked to wear pants at go. the press conference. Okay. <laughs> there you, you go. Heard it here first. No, nobody else is talking about this, guys. You heard it here first. Bananas. I'm so excited to be able to ask the dumbest questions to the smartest person. By this far. Is- <laughs> And someone uniquely qualified to give an answer. Ugh. This is, I'm so happy we have this Me podcast. Too. Just, Me too. Just as a reminder that vis a vis the like magnet story, mm-hmm. astronomers are not the smartest people. We just know a lot about space. <laughs> We're just as capable of going to the hospital for putting something up your, our noses as you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got one question for you, though. There was recently I saw, and I wish I had an article that I could actually read this from, and instead I'm going to paraphrase it from memory, which I'm going to butcher it. Great. Um, But there was a repeating radio signal coming from deep space that they picked up. Um, Tell us about that. Yeah, actually, this this has a great um, weird news story attached to it as well. So. The thing that you're um, remembering is something called a fast radio burst or FRB. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, they were found a couple of years ago and they were actually found in old data first. So, you know, like astronomers, we take like a lot of observations of the sky, we store it in a computer. And then sometimes we go like fishing back through the bin to see if anything's interesting in there. Cool. Um, And so these like, repeating radio bursts um there are a lot of like things that are naturally like meaning naturally occurring like astrophysical objects like dead stars and stuff that sometimes have that like bursting behavior Mm -hmm. um but these were really unusual because they were really fast um and people were like oh my god aliens um and then other people were like yeah maybe not aliens maybe like dying stars or whatever Mm -hmm. but so the first thing that happened was that a whole bunch of them had been found by this observatory called Parks, which is a bunch of radio dishes. Mm-hmm. And one of the weird things about um, radio astronomy is that it's really hard to tell, depending on like what kind of a dish you have, it's really hard to tell where in the sky the, um, the source is. So you don't what? like, yeah, it's, yeah. So with like certain kinds of um, radio dishes, you get like better spatial resolution, meaning like you can see where it's coming from. But oftentimes you don't get like that precise directional location. And so, um, you know, sometimes it's like a little bit hard to tell where something is. Um, Now, uh, what happened with Parks was that they figured out that uh, a handful of the the fast radio bursts that they were finding um, only happened when the radio dishes were pointed towards the visitor center, which is where the staff kitchen was. And they only happened around lunchtime. Hmm. Uh, and it turned out to be the microwave. There it is, folks. <laughs> no! There it is. I knew yeah. I should. Oh, my mom told yeah. me not to stand right in front of it as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> turns out so she turns was right. out when, when you do what like literally every normal human does um, and like you in the last three <laughs> seconds of your thing heating up, you're like five seconds more is too long. And you open the door <laughs> oh. a little bit of microwave radiation, which is detectable in radio telescopes gets out and can end up in your data. Whoa. And so some, yeah. So some of the, some of the fast radio bursts are real. Um, we think they're coming from outside the galaxy. There was also a big debate on like how far away they were, but they seem to be like pretty distant. Um, but yeah, some of them were the lunchtime microwave. <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. It was just a hot pocket trying to communicate. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Don't eat me. Horse meat. <laughs> uh, I got one for you, Curdy. 
Give it to me. Equally, this one is, again, this is some uh, heady stuff. Uh, Kesha, okay. okay. Kesha gets her boyfriend to apply a butt mask for her every night, which she says, quote, brings her happiness in lockdown. So uh, this is from uh, Rachel Hosey, uh, Insider.com, pop singer Kesha. You know, she's she's under quar like the rest of us, and she gets a butt mask applied to her derriere every night by her boyfriend. Um, she told Refinery21, it's one of those things that, at the end of the night, brings me happiness. I support this. So I have a question. Please. I'm raising my hand, <laughs> Scotty. I'll see you. When you say a butt mask, uh, are we talking about like a quarantine style mask she puts around her butthole or are we talking like a like a, a, a skincare regimen for her butt? That is great such question. Great Dr. Brown question. Thank you. <laughs> so. <sighs> I wish it was the first one you said, okay. I wish, but it's the second. Kesha said she uses her. This is also under her uh, makeup brand, which is called Kesha Rose Beauty. Um, she's all about the butt masks. Um, she says she uses her body butt mask, which retail for nine dollars each. Uh, two separate sheets, one for each butt cheek that you simply apply to clean skin uh, for 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, it's part of her beauty routine. And let me find the exact words that she uses because, God, I, wanna, I don't want to get this wrong. This is such a big deal. Yeah, so it, um, it gives it plump. It gives it shine. It's... It gives it plump. <laughs> that's, that's a sentence that we could just use to show the end of Western civilization. It gives it plump. Uh, it gives it plump. Yeah, it just makes your butt look uh, a little better. And it's something that she's been, quote, evaluating what I need in my life. Uh, and during the lockdown, it's for her boyfriend to do that. And she also said she's been using men's beard dye on her eyebrows and embracing her freckles. So... That's what Kesha's up to during all of this. <laughs> and I just want to be clear that we do not own any stock in Kesha's uh, makeup brand. Not at all. <laughs> also, I don't know. I've never even used a face mask. So I feel it'd be, it would be weird if I started using a butt mask, like where I don't, well, <laughs> like I don't well. care about my face, but my butt is clean as a whistle. <laughs> and glowing. And, and glowing give and plump. it plump. You want give a it glowing plump. <laughs> plump butt when you're not seeing anybody. It's a, it's a great choice for right now. Imagine yeah, that. I, well, and like a new class divide for all of us, right? Because everybody else <laughs> out here has to put on their own butt mask. Yeah. <laughs> Kesha gets help. Yeah. <laughs> Must be oh, nice. Just, just wish I had somebody to put my butt mask on for me. That's instead of this mirror <laughs> setup I've got. <laughs> Selfie stick. <laughs> All right, are you ready for one? Give me, give me one. I'm so ready. Mm, we're blowing through them today. I love it. Uh-huh. Uh, five. Okay, now this was sent to us by a listener. I want a, a big shout out. We, we got this uh, one, I think. Even just hearing five, I think I know where you're going. And we did get a lot of this one. Yeah, we have multiple people sent this in, uh, and so thank you for sending it in. Again, if you ever want to send us weird news, uh, you can DM it to us uh, at the Bananas Podcast uh, or the Bananas Podcast at gmail.com. Email it to us. Please. So here it is. Five-year-old steals parents' car after mom <laughs> refuses to buy him Lamborghini. <laughs> this is the... Fu- the I- I don't know what about what it is about little boys, but I remember 
being a little boy and being obsessed with the Lamborghini Countach. Like, yes. it was an obsession. <laughs> and every little boy I knew was obsessed with Lamborghinis. They're just like the silliest cool car out there that you're just like, it's the best. Uh, so a, a trooper in Utah who thought he was pulling over an impaired driver was mm-hmm. shocked to realize the person behind the wheel was a five-year-old boy. <laughs> the Utah Highway Patrol said the child took his parents' car after getting mad when his mom said she would not buy him a Lamborghini. While his parents were at work, he slipped away from his sibling, nice. grabbed the car keys, and set out for California <laughs> to buy one for himself. He had $3 in his pocket. Yeah. The boy made it two miles from his home before getting pulled over. <clears throat> the fact that he, he even made it onto the highway. He was that's on like the, highway. the most amazing part. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I have a three-year-old right now, and like five is not far away. From, and I know a lot of development happens between three and five. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, just to imagine a five-year-old driving a car, like you can't even, they can't see above the steering wheel at that age yeah. at all. I- I have some logistical questions. Mm-hmm. Like, how tall is this five-year-old? I yes. have not met that many five-year-olds that can reach all the parts that you need to reach to make the car go. He's there not is. that big. He's not there that big a of a photograph. kid. There is a photograph. Uh, is he wearing platforms? The weirdest part about this <laughs> photograph, Lucian, is that his... So they use this technology to make sure we couldn't identify the boy. Which just oh. looks like someone's thumb has pressed his, a giant thumb has pressed yes. his face into the back of his skull. It's the scariest it thing. so far more upsetting than just a blur. It's like a concave face. Oh, yes. God. It's very yes. upsetting. It looks like a mud wasp went into his face. <laughs> And then, the, but it's also a photo of him in the car, which sort of answers your question. He had to sit at the very front of the driver's seat to even be able to operate the brakes. But again, he got on the interstate. He had three dollars for a two hundred thousand dollar car, and, and he where was else heading west. Are you going? Yeah, he was. Go- he, if you're going to buy a Lamborghini, you definitely assume they're in California. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he was driving a pretty big car. He was driving a Dodge Journey, which is sort of like an SUV thing. So that's not like he was in a little uh, Ford Fiesta or whatever. He was, he was going for broke. God, I love this kid. I love this kid. <laughs> I definitely like – I remember putting my mom's – she was not in the car, and I was probably five. And I put it because it was a stick, so I just kind of popped it out of mm-hmm. gear and it started rolling backwards, and I remember my mom like really losing her mind because she had to like run in and like get in the car, and I was just like, "We're going for it!" But I can't imagine actually getting in and driving the damn thing. No, I really like the, I, the merging onto the highway is very impressive because right? the closest thing I did at that age was like reverse donuts in like my uncle's golf cart. So fun! Ooh. <laughs> oh, so fun! But but mostly because I was too afraid to not keep the wheel like completely pegged. To one side, oh. <laughs> or to hit the brake. <laughs> this is so good, and it, you know what? It is true, Kurt. Like I also liked Lamborghinis a ton when I was a kid. I definitely had one of the Trapper Keepers that had it on it. I think that was a big part of like their marketing. Um, mm-hmm. I think boys got like they were like, "Here, you get a Lamborghini or the Bigfoot monster truck." And then for the girls, I think my sister had was it. Something Frank, Lisa Frank. Lisa Frank. Yeah, Lisa Frank, which was like very colorful, very like illustrating with like big pinks and yellows. 
And so yeah. I, I think it was just built into our, our DNA to be like, I like a Lamborghini, which also makes it sadder for adults who want it. Well, <laughs> and every, <laughs> every little girl remembers when she stole her first dolphin. <laughs> that, uh, oh, that's right. Lisa Frank had lots of jumping dolphins. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's so good. I, it's nice that this cop like didn't like. Uh, there, this could have gone so many ways. I want to know yeah. what the impairment was. I'm sure this video will be released, like the dash cam or whatever, because like I just imagine this kid doing like five miles an hour. Uh, you think it's an old grandma in there? You think it's like a, a drunk person, or maybe you think it's somebody having a heart attack, and then to pull up and then just see a little five-year-old who has to sit at the edge of the driver's <laughs> seat is so great it it feels like the beginning of it feels like it should be a chimp in the beginning of a movie from like the 1980s yeah, it's, yeah but for sure I, also i want the chimp to have stolen the car for the same reason yes that he was told he couldn't have a lamborghini <laughs> we need to go back to those movies like i let's do it hands down let's do hands it hands down yeah yeah um, scotty give me last give me our last story oh the pressure I'm going to just mention one that we'll talk about some other time, but PBR right. is making a hard coffee with alcohol and caffeine and Pabst Blue Ribbon. Ooh. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but out of Milwaukee. No. Uh, it's no- coffee? It's coffee. I was at a bar with my friend Allison right before this hit, and there was a Jameson rep who was sampling Jameson cold brew. And he was like, do you drink cold I'm brew? In. And I was like, yes. And he goes, do you drink whiskey? I was like, yes. And then he was like, here, try this. And it tastes exactly like cold brew. It's so good. But then he was like, do you want more? I'm like, no, man. It's seven at night. I'm going to be up until tomorrow <laughs> if I'm drinking alcoholic cold brew. <laughs> Anyways. Those pe- are my favorite drinks, <clears throat> alcohol and caffeine. Yes. So I mean, yeah. Four Loco, I was such a big Four oh, Loco fan. I, love- I-, I was going to say, like, the the thing that, like, turns off the controls for when you're too stupid and you should go to bed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I know. Uh, um, but combine yeah, them. I'm going to, so that's just a quickie. I just wanted to mention that because I will be trying it and I'm sure we'll talk about I'm it in. later. Um, let's get a good one for this one. Let's do something fun. Here's a fun little simple one that makes me so happy. Uh, quote, headline. A gender reveal party ignited a 10-acre brush fire in Florida, (laughs) officials say. So this is from CNN, Nicole Chavez. And a gender reveal party in Florida went wrong and sparked a 10-acre fire. Uh, Firefighters were called to a home in Brevard County, Florida, last week, saying the blaze was possibly ignited by fireworks. Um, When they arrived, (laughs) firefighters realized that some some explosives had been in the mix. Uh, and and it was a seemingly oh, really? innocent, yeah. um, um, and I think that they were using uh, tannerite. So um, tannerite is a highly explosive substance that's often used as a rifle target. Um, so I think what happened is this family just filled up a thing with tannerite and probably blue or pink powder. Um, we, we have to keep those gender assignments in place and then shot it. Um, the blaze was, quote, fast moving and heavy fuel and ended up burning 10 acres before it was completely contained within hours. Also, hours is so funny. Um, no homes were damaged. Nobody was injured. Um, 
but the county had been under a burn ban, including all outdoor activities. Uh, so you're not allowed to have campfires, bonfires, burning trash, etc., because it's so dry or in the exploding. region. <laughs> or exploding, exploding powder, or tannerite <laughs> that you mix probably powder with and and fireworks. Come on, and then come on, there's fireworks too. It's so. Great. Oh, there's so many of these, by the way. Like, uh, just go down to YouTube or Google wormhole of looking up gender reveal fails. This happens so much. So many hair gets caught on fire. People get caught on fire. Yards constantly. Guys, we don't need to Guys, do just, this much. <laughs> just, just you can just not do it. It's <laughs> yeah. It's, it's super safer. easy to not do it. It's safer. <laughs> don't use any explosives if you're going to reveal the gender of your child. Is it weird that I feel sort of like proud of Florida for having any part of it be dry enough to catch on fire? Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's usually I, a, I think a swamp. of Florida, very damp place, damp place. But I do have to give it to the South in general for having the best fireworks oh. across the board of all of America. We Once must. Chris, Scotty and I. We're driving. We drove this giant butt across the country. Um, I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but we, we stopped off in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was 4th of July in Louisville. I did a show, I think, at an art gallery yeah, that was attended by like eight yep. people. <laughs> yep. And then these guys who like ran the show were just like, you got to come over to our place. We're having a we're setting off some fireworks. And we drove this butt. It's on like a tractor trailer bed Mm -hmm. uh, over their house, parked in front of their house. And then they had, I think, maybe like a thousand fireworks that were like the most intense, like mortars where you'd have to like drop it into a tube and run away. And then it would explode over the whole house. We have I have this beautiful video of they shot probably like like 30 fireworks at the butt at the same time. (laughs) And you just see them like bouncing off this like 20 foot tall butt. And it was, it was one of the best parties I've ever been to. It was the greatest. Who needs a mask? No, (laughs) all of us, we all have iron lung or something. Or like it was, it was the greatest wildest 4th of July I've ever been to their enthusiasm for fireworks. These were homemade fireworks. It was there was a guy in a kilt that was like, "Hey, everybody, we're gonna let go of a a paper lantern. Everybody gets a Roman candle, and the first person that hits it and lights the paper lantern out of the sky gets twenty dollars or something." So we all load up. Um, Meanwhile, while we're all like thirty-five, forty people are about to shoot eight roaming candles each into the sky under and then so the we all miss by the way because we've all been drinking heavily so it floats into a tree and then catches the lantern on fire <laughs> we're watching it being like did we just light a tree on is this our tannerite moment also they got to name that baby tannerite if it's a boy and, for sure yeah tanner or tannerita <laughs> tannerita i could go for a nice gold tannerita right now um while we're shooting this kurt you you have to remember this they had this like pull start go-kart that they probably attached 50 fireworks to and lit and then this guy would just drive up and down the street in a go-kart at full speed just <laughs> launching an endless barrage in every direction it was so out of control like i remember lighting a firework one of the mortars and dropping it and it tipped over which has got to be the most common thing. And it just yeah. exploded in the lawn. Everybody celebrates. Some guy in a kilt said, good job, set it back up, and we just kept going. 
Also, I bet those guys, somebody from that Louisville night is probably listening because they were big fans of Kurtz and they invited him to stand up before we went and did this. So if you guys are out there, you're honestly legends and Kurt and I have talked about this many times to each other (laughs) that it will never be surpassed. Not in our lives. Yeah, because not only is it the amount of fireworks, but also the giant butt. It was just a, the universe blessed us that night. <laughs> it was so good. It was so yeah. good. Lucienne, what's the su- question that people ask you the most? Like, what's the first thing people ask you when they hear you're an astronomer? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I would say that, like, the top questions are either about aliens, which, like, yeah. is is my wheelhouse. And I'm like psyched to talk about it. Um, the other questions that I get are usually it's like black holes followed closely by string theory or like very, or like very, very, um, like deep questions about like the beginning of the universe and like the big bang and stuff like that. Um, which is very much not my wheelhouse. (laughs) Like I know (laughs) probably more about it than like the average person, but you know, I, I like concrete, Things like mm-hmm. I live on a planet. My planet orbits a star. Mm-hmm. I get to see it when it's not cloudy. So, like, I can wrap my brain around those things. And like the early universe, like giant space time, end of everything stuff. I know that stuff, but I don't know it as well. But gotcha. those are, I would say, the two things that people ask about a lot. That is, that I, I'm very surprised because I bet you people are asking you that stuff are like me who would be thinking like, well, she must be bored of talking about aliens. I'll try and ask her <laughs> something, you know. But I'll, I like the fact that you're down to talk about aliens because that's what everybody I, wants to talk about. Anybody, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I like I went and I actually stormed Area 51 last fall. You did you actually went? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I went. You were one of like the 40 people who showed up? <laughs> oh, did you Naruto yeah. run? <sighs> I didn't Naruto run, but I saw a lot of Naruto runs. <laughs> That's so funny. The bullets can't hit I you love- if you're doing it. Uh, I want to get that guy on here. Was he was the guy who actually organized it there? No. Um, actually, there was like this huge controversy that happened where he got into a fight with um, with like the town... So the town that it was in, Rachel, Nevada, is this town of, I think, only around 70 people live there. Uh-huh. And it only has one business, which is the Little Alien, um, which is like a <laughs> diner. It's like oh. an alien-themed diner. And so then good. there's like lodging, which is a basically like gravel campsite and um, some trailers. And it was uh, Maddie Roberts, the guy who made the Facebook uh, invite mm-hmm. that went viral, um, originally was talking to them, mm. but then there was like some big kerfuffle with like the funding and like somebody from Pornhub was going to like put money into it. And then he, um, there was a bunch of controversy because half the town didn't want it there. And then like Maddie Roberts, like took his money and like had an event in Las Vegas and oh. left the town of Rachel, like holding the bag oh. with like all of these people coming. Um, and like, there's no like, there's no water sources that are like publicly available. There's no gas stations for like 50 miles. Are it is a very, whoa. Yeah, yeah. There's no cell service. Like it is a very, very remote area. It sounds like the perfect place to hide them aliens. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is why area 51 is right around there. Wow. Um, but, but yeah, like it was, uh, it was, it was really fun actually. <laughs> Good. Did you just go for the day or did you stay over somewhere? 
No, I, uh, so I stayed and part of the reason that I could go like immediately, as soon as the thing went viral, like all of, Mm -hmm. there were like eight rooms at the little alien. There's like not a lot of like places to stay. Um, but I happen to own a, so I own a 1983 Dodge Ram van that used to be an evidence vehicle. Cool. (laughs) Nice. So I have this forensics van that is, um, a, camper like was outfitted by some guy who lives in my neighborhood and then um sold it to me but it only has like twenty four thousand miles on it so i drove my like giant hulking forensics van (laughs) to area 51 and just stayed in that so good um and yeah i figured you know like i i'm sort of like low a little bit of like a low-key prepper so i'm like Mm -hmm tanks of my own water supply mm-hmm. got it <laughs> you did it right you did it perfect god i'm so jealous that's so good I know. that's exactly what i want i just look at those those sprinter vans all the time just be like i want one i want one i want one and i'll never have one <laughs> yeah i i got mine for 2500 bucks off of craigslist oh, oh so good after, oh, that's amazing after i like had had like one too many drinks and ran into a friend who mm-hmm. um turned out to have like built a tiny home into an ambulance mm-hmm. and i was wow. like Ooh, that sounds so great i'm i'm gonna look at <laughs> craigslist for vans again and then there it was so you you don't know you might have your own the dream um, is weird forensics vehicle yep. yeah i'm in <laughs> So, Lucian, is there anything that uh, you would like to plug uh, upcoming or from the past that people can check out online? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, you know, what I'm doing right now. So I have, I think, like everybody else, pandemic brain where mm-hmm. um, I find it very hard to do my work. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also, like, literally the last thing in the entire world that uh, that anyone needs for an astronomer to do per the magnet story earlier is for me to start like pivoting to coronavirus. Right. So instead um, I have a newsletter called not, not rocket science that is on Substack, um, And you can sign up to receive a summary of star Trek episodes that come out (laughs) more or less a couple times a week. I like, so one of my great shame points is that I, as an astronomer um, have never watched star Trek. Nice. I've only ever watched like a couple, like a couple episodes maybe, but like, yeah. And I tried to, I tried to dive into deep space nine and there Mm -hmm. were like, there was like too much backstory and like too many, I was like, I need Mm. an on ramp to this much like prostheses and like (laughs) makeup and stuff. Like I need, I need something to just get me into it. So Mm. I started with the original series and so if you want to hear some like hot takes on like a 50 plus year old TV show, this, yes. this is where you go. <laughs> Thank you. And also you have a Ted talk on Vega that's out there, right? That people can go watch as well. Oh. Yeah, I, I have two. I have a TED Talk on the Kepler mission, which was um, looking for planets around other stars, and then one on why we shouldn't use Mars as a backup planet. Yes. Excellent. And we didn't even talk about Elon Musk's kid's name. <laughs> I know. How do you pronounce it? It's like Aovitua. <laughs> <laughs> My, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the funny thing, and this actually ties into Area 51. Um, so the, the name is like uh, X-A-E and then A-12. Okay. Yes. And it's supposedly pronounced like X-Ash um, Archangel. Oh. So except- How beautiful. <laughs> Except that that's historically inaccurate. Oh, <laughs> really? So, 
Yeah. So the A12, which is where the the Archangel comes from, the A12 was this like super um, high tech reconnaissance plane that the CIA developed at Area 51. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was part of something called Project Oxcart. Mm-hmm. And the Archangel is the earlier models. Mm-hmm. So by the time they got to the A12s, the A12s are Oxcart. So technically, <laughs> Musk's son's name is... X Ash Oxcart. Nice. Yes. <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. Good old Oxcart. Thank, yeah. so, thank you so much for being on, Lucian. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. This is great. <laughs> Scotty. All right, buddy. Thanks for stuffing ears with bananas. Talk. That's it. Bye bye. <laughs> bananas. Bananas. This has been an exactly right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme song by Kehan Amadi. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. So please follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post so many more stories and make it here. And you can share with us your strange news story by DMing us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. So listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bananas. <laughs>